Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Into the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. After Buzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> I love this music. Welcome to the Americans After Buzz <laughs> After Show, Season 3, Episode 8, titled Divestment. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Instagram and the Twitter at Miss Adrian Snow. And here are the rest of my hosts. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Starting from the left. Hi, I'm Matt Ritter. Uh, Matt Ritter 1, MattRitterComedy.com. Moving to the middle, Josh Richmond. Go to at uh, RadioTFB on Twitter or go to JoshRichmond.net. What's up, guys? My name is Ben Bateman. You can find me on Twitter at BenBatemanMedia. And as always, please, 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 please. What? I was just going to give him crap about not having a website. Uh, yeah, guys, again. I decided to not reference it this week. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to do that. But as always, please subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. We love to know what's going on in your in your brain. So subscribe, comment. Um, we do read those things. We do pay attention on the Twitter. Everything in your brain, whether Everything it's Americans related or not, just unload. You to know, us. if you really had feels about the Flash, I had feels as well. You can go <laughs> ahead and put that on the Americans After Buzz YouTube channel, and I will read it and we can talk. I'm totally down with that. Or The Walking Dead, because I just want to talk about yeah, that all day long. I mean, yeah. Or Robert Durst, the Jinx. Or Better Call Saul. You know, no. whatever. Pick your, pick your flavor. <laughs> this, to be clear, this is the Americans <laughs> after, show. after Show. Uh, so, with that said, uh, first thoughts. Uh, I really liked uh, how the legal system uh, legal systems were. A, as the resident lawyer on the panel, I really enjoyed uh, the sort of discourse on what laws are and sort of systemic injustice, how that kind of played a role in different people's perspectives on how this episode played out. It did. It did for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, just uh, just from Paige's line, you know, just robbing banks and things is wrong. You know, breaking the law is, is wrong, except when governments are wrong. Right. And it's hard to know. Uh, this, to me, felt like one of those episodes where there was only maybe 15 minutes of the episode that I really cared much for in terms of importance. I mean, it, not to say that the groundwork that you lay is unimportant. I just found myself sort of drifting. I wasn't paying as close of attention, but I, I am noticing more and more. I think Paige is my favorite character on the show. <laughs> I think like more and more. I just said like, if she's like in a scene, I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting. You're the ultimate. You're the ultimate wild card. You're the ultimate loose end. It is. You have no idea what she's going to yeah, do. It's great. It's teenagers. The, I mean, uh, you know, you're right. There, we definitely revisited a bunch of storylines that have kind of been dropped in previous episodes mm-hmm. for a while. Um, it was a quieter episode than the last few. I don't think it was any less intense for being so quiet. If anything, I think it kind of added to it. Definitely just continuing the long, yeah. slow burn of this season. We did light I, a man on fire. Yes, I was going to say <laughs> that. Was I was that. like, a man <laughs> was, was lit on fire. They always got to have one little touch. You just know? one little touch. I thought... Um, I thought it was very interesting. They were planting a lot of seeds in terms of of what is the law and what is right, and you can't just rob banks. <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday when I was driving. I was like, you know, I probably break the law at least at least once a year in ways that I never think. Oh, I'm breaking the law. So you, don't you, like you break a, the law that little? Yeah, I feel you don't like, pull I feel like, like illegal Yui more of the time. Yeah, every like, time I get in a car, I break the law. Aren't insurance legal in California? That's I mean, what some I was of them. Told. 
Depends if there's one of those big Unless signs. there's a sign that says don't you turn. You don't ever, you don't I ever, never do you don't ever text while driving even a little bit? Never? No, never. I said at least at once least. a year. Okay. I used to say there at the most a, once a, a year. I said once a year. Like once a, at least once a once day. Once a week. Once a day. Yeah. Huh? But, but every, like, every time well, I get on the freeway, I go above 65 at some point, I feel yeah. like. See, there are so many laws that I probably don't even know about that I break. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, those crazy laws that you're just like, oh, crap. I This is this is wrong for me to do? Okay. There's well, like, I can't carry a lizard favorite, in Florida? My favorite are the laws that, like, a, you know, like when I lived back in Santa Cruz, uh, the city of Santa Cruz just decided, you know, we're going to make marijuana just a low priority. Police aren't going to prosecute it. So it doesn't mean it was actually legalized, but it's just like it's a law, yeah. but we don't really care yeah. that it's a law. Well, a pinball, <laughs> pinball is illegal in El Monte, California. Right. It's an old, you know, law. That's right. kind of one of those things. That's why at the end with, with Paige, just the thought I had was, uh, I see where Elizabeth is coming from because, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, like Paige was kind of upset because Gregory Thomas broke the law by being a drug dealer. But right. did she not see the preacher get arrested in front of her? Right. Like the very last season. So it's kinda of like, well, pick your you know, pick your poison. Okay, but when she says, you know, it's wrong to rob banks and stuff, it it is wrong to rob banks. I mean, it's wrong to get caught. <laughs> what we're telling you on this panel, guys, is it's okay to break the law a little. It's okay to break the law if you don't get caught. Just uh, we never said any of that. We yeah. are not qualified to give legal advice, hey, am, except maybe except qualified. maybe this guy. I, I, say, I, I say break the law if you can get away with it. <laughs> yes. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I work for Saul Goodman. Yes. Oh my gosh. On that note, shall we go into the first topic of Nina and Let's the Residentura? The first, the return of. The resident director. It's been a minute. So I love that Nina has like sort of embraced her role. It's like they're just like, look, you're gonna need to use your body. You're gonna need to pretty I... much uh, manipulate somebody. It's just if you want to get ahead in life, you're screwed at this point. So you better just you know sleep with somebody and convince them that you're their friend, and you know we'll probably let you go. And I... she's and she just like she's like. Well, I, I knew uh... they were going to do that to her, and that kills me when they pulled that out and they're like, we're gonna we give you ten years. You know, yeah. Instead of life, right? It's so like, no, what? it's so so like, Kafka esque. It's just yeah. this endless bureaucracy that she's got to do. What else is she going to have to do? A good term for Kafka esque, yeah. but I do love that they they're like, oh, the challenge is that he's a scientist yes. and he's not interested <laughs> in hot women. Yeah, you know, like come on, you know, like that was like, oh, this isn't going to be as easy this time. He just wants to he's take really it focused. On it's he just not wants like to take she's broken down like FBI agents. No, not a scientist. The very Russian government itself. Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating for Nina to see her her go through that. I kind of just want her to like go ballistic and kill someone and just die in a blaze of glory. She might just to be like, right. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be no. like Russians, Russia's you know national prostitute. <laughs> she's <laughs> definitely so, compromising her ideals. It yeah. seems, and she's but, but, love, but what I, she never had ideals. Yeah, no, good, good. I, also, <laughs> I feel like she did. I just feel like we didn't meet that Nina. You know, maybe yeah, yeah. not. Yeah. I also love that they're like they're like, well, you know, you don't have to be in a cell anymore. Now you get a hotel room. It's she really a, liked it. She was touching the clothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to give you a good. blouse. It's clean. Yeah. Uh, you can take Chase your windows. sweatsuit off if you yeah. want to. You know, you get to, uh, you know, be kind of a functioning member of society. It's kind of like you, you get hired. ESPN's like, well, you're going to have to live in Bristol, Connecticut, yeah. like a $28,000 a year salary and like a cookie cutter apartment and be the, the every other weekend replacement guy in the SEC network. But, uh, but, but you at least get you... to work for ESPN. I like how you, I like that analogy. The, like the crappy level of ESPN. Like, but isn't that kind of like even, I'm probably misquoting this, but isn't that kind of like Stockholm syndrome it's kind of getting the person to turn to your side right, like right. hey this was horrible wasn't it you had no windows we fed you slop now we, you have like a nice little tea kettle and some of your things back at a window isn't this so much better oh i mean you they're know? totally playing little psychological yeah. games with her and it's working your blouse doesn't smell it's clean <laughs> yeah. well we washed your blouse mm-hmm. and i mean we can talk about stockholm syndrome more when we get to martha too yeah because <laughs> it's for sure in play oh there but uh the most that was the best part <laughs> of the episode just hands down just, yeah. just, just one of the most tragic things but, but uh yeah. 
Yeah. But no, but Nina really has become one of the most tragic characters on the show, and you can still see that little bit of hope in her eyes when they say, "If you if you do what we say this time, we'll give you your freedom." Like the FBI didn't feed her exactly the same line exactly. of exactly, you know? and she still ended up back in Russia. Yeah, you know, it's she's gonna be there with one day left on her sentence, like getting ready to go. She's got her jacket on, <laughs> right. and be like, ah, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, more yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> just one little task. Need to plant a bomb inside the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what that's how they get you. That's how they. It's kind of like even what I feel like, and we'll touch on this later. What Gabriel's doing to a little bit to to fill up in a way of kind of like I have this on you, and I'm going to hold this over you to make sure that you don't fall out of line. And once you've done exactly what I need you to do, then I can probably find something else to use. It's just it's just mind games, and it's it's horrible and sad. And I wish Nina would just be like. I just don't want to keep doing this. I wish she would get that it's never going to stop. It's just never going to stop, you know? They're setting her up as a character. I think it's interesting what you said, A Blaze of Glory. They're setting her up as a character that can die tragically mm-hmm. in like a in like a way where she's been dangled like sort of as a, as a carrot thrust as a character for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. She hasn't really been relevant to the story for a long time. She's just sort of been there. And I feel like we're comfortable enough with her. It's the sort of character that you can sacrifice as a writer, knowing that you're going to make an impact, but you're not going to lose too much. We probably need... Right. Yeah. Like you're saying, like we probably are, like you know, as a show, right? Yeah. We probably need somebody to go at yeah. the end of the season just for for pu- propelling a, a different story for so next Nina year. Or Martha. Seems like it's going to be Martha. It's, right, it's like <laughs> right. a pool. It's like right. a dead celebrity death pool. Let's start a pool. Let's start a pool. Let's start a pool with our listeners. Is it legal? I don't know. Like, on the other hand, my, my read on what they've been doing with Nina this season because she's been mostly out of play. I feel like they're trying to figure out how they can get her back to America and back mm. to you know, kind of messing with Stan and Oleg and that whole love triangle. Um, I would hope not. <laughs> and it's just kind of it's just kind of done. But wouldn't it be ironic, you know, now that Stan is finally kind of getting over this whole thing and maybe moving, maybe his personal life will finally start to improve and then Nina shows up again. Comes back. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I tell you what, if they do with Nina what they did with Nev Campbell at the end of Wild Things... Then that will be the best ending to Nina's storyline. You guys have I've, seen Wild. I've only seen one scene I, from Wild. So, I don't remember the pool guess which scene. one? Spoilers! <laughs> yes, spoilers! Exactly. I'm Did saying spoilers. Don't you yeah. see Kevin Bacon's butt in that movie? Or, no, oh, yeah. you, you see, you see all of Kevin Bacon in that movie. No, at the end of Wild Things, I'm spoiling it. But if you haven't seen it, it's up. Been oh, out for 20 it's years. It's a classic. I mm-hmm. mean, and you don't really need to see it. Um, There's four things you need to see in that movie. What? <laughs> you haven't seen that. They're all Kevin Bacon's butt. What? Uh, no, so it, it turns out that, you know, they're playing, it's a scheme to get money out of somebody, I forget who. But they end up getting the money. Denise Richards dies. And supposedly, she, before she dies, she murders Nev Campbell with, um, good old boy, what's his name? Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Bacon? Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yeah. So, it turns out that's not at all true. So, they killed Denise Richards. Neff Campbell's alive. She and Matt Dillon go off on this yacht. Turns out that Neff Campbell is not like some bumpkin idiot. She has like 200 IQ, and she has really been the mastermind behind everything. She kills Matt Dillon, throws him off the boat, and takes off into the sunset on this yacht. So that's what you want for Nina. Yeah, because you want her in that, to kill Stan at the end somehow. Well, yeah, like, yeah, to just get away with it because you know the whole point is like Nev Campbell's character is that she's just trash, right? And that nobody respects her and everyone treats her like crap and everyone just abuses her. And she, the whole time that all this is happening to her, she's kind of plotting her her freedom and her way out and I, away from. These I could people. see her. I could see like if this goes six seasons, she's just walking in Mexico in Zihuataneo, Tim Robbins. Yeah. Like she's she'll be yeah. like she'll be like the last man standing. Oh you yeah. Know. yeah. I, I, and I, I see could, what you're saying character wise. Yeah. Though. And I could see Nina because you guys predicting Nina's death. I don't. To me, Nina is a, the consummate survivor. Maybe she's a like better sur- hanging fruit to kill. So she like is. I know. I almost mean like she's better at just. Figuring out how to survive yeah. than anybody else on the yeah. show. She's gonna. I think she's gonna. She's not always in the best circumstances. She's always going to be used by the people around her. But she's gonna make it. So just mm-hmm. to be clear, you have to do money on Martha in the death pool. It certainly <laughs> seems that way. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe. maybe or maybe Paige. Paige. Hey! Whoa! Jinx. <laughs> that seems almost. That seems almost too. Only crazy. they could die young. Mm, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. though. Well, I've been kind of rooting for Paige. I don't really like Paige's character that much. I'm more with Ben than with you. I really like every time Paige is on screen for some reason. Yeah, I, I feel I like it's moving somewhere. She's growing on people. Yeah. She still I'm hasn't. Yeah. I'm always so curious. Me. I'm always so curious what's yeah. going to happen. Like, right. yeah. I'm not on the hook on Paige yet. I'm not hooked there. Okay. I'm not there. So b- before we move on, Oleg and the Residentura. It's very quick. 
It's just kind of like... Yeah. I feel like just giving the characters something to do. Just keeping them in the fold. Yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe There's they're just probably, planting a I mean, there. We just they didn't give us enough to go, oh, I know where they're going with this, uh-huh, unless uh-huh. you guys yeah. saw something I didn't. It's another reason I think Nita's not going to die, is because I feel like Oleg's only an interesting character in relation to Nita. Mm-hmm. And like that's one reason like they're keep, well, they might be keeping around. Maybe that's the third thing. Maybe after she gets a scientist, then they're like, and before right. you go... <laughs> one, one, more, one more thing, one more thing. Could we use you to get Oleg to come back? Yeah, yeah so, so that was... An interesting storyline. I'm curious as to what they're going to do with the whole Russia aspect. And um, I, I did like that line, though. It was a good little zinger about, uh, yeah, what am I going to not ride the trains in Russia? Now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really too worried. Like, I think yeah. I, have, I, have a car, I have a Mercedes Benz in Russia. I'm He's good. just like, yeah. I don't care about I your the, father. He's yeah. going to die. He's going to die. I like the, I like the resident tour director. I also like that they brought back the old resident tour director who needed completely screwed over back yeah. in season one. I'm like, wow, that's an interesting situation. That this guy is now back in control of her because he's, he's not going to fall for prison. for anything she's going to do yeah. at this point. One of the things that I'm, I'm beginning to notice about this that I'm, I'm finding really charming about this show is that uh, so like this morning, this is slightly related. I watched Air Force One for another reason, and there's obviously they, they're you know the Russians and the whole deal with the, the Russian presidency and all that. There's a huge amount of these action movies from the 80s and 90s that reference. Russian, mm-hmm. any everybody from terrorists yeah. to right? Russian MiG planes. Yeah, they still the do. MiGs. They still Red do it on. now, even now that the Cold War is over. They still Sounds always turn to Russian mobsters and action yeah. movies. They, well, there was that moment <laughs> where they tried to do North Korea, and then yeah. they're like, right, mm, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they went right. back to Russia. They won't. Do, they won't do China because China's too big of a market for oh, films. Yeah. So it's got to be Russians Russia. work. <laughs> yeah. work. So what's hilarious oh, about it is. All those things that were made in the 80s and 90s were reflections of the actual Cold War that was happening. Even a movie like Air Force One, which came out in 1997, it's still not that many years past the Cold War where, like, yeah. it's still very much, like, in the American consciousness that, you know, they mm-hmm. identify with that. Now, this is a show that's being made now, way past the Cold War, about it, like, accurately back then. So, mm-hmm. all, this is just like we talked about last week. All the stereotypes about the FBI, about, like, you know, people in the Army, like, how this stuff works... You have to really ask yourself, like, how many of those stereotypes about Russian characters and Russian military and Russian government do we have from these action movies from the 80s and 90s? Because it was such a prominent part of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm asking myself this question where I'm, I'm watching Air Force One. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if it's more like the Americans or if it's more <laughs> like this douchebag with the blonde hair who's like, you're smoking a cigarette. And it's like, they all smoke cigarettes. And the, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just. Well, if we go by like actual news with. Putin. Right, sure. <laughs> uh, oh, God, am I getting in trouble for this? Uh, then, Vlad Putin. <laughs> Vlad Putin. Um, then it is kind of, I mean, for every stereotype, there's a little truth. Oh, so when, it, when you see, like, pictures of Putin, <laughs> like, like, riding like a, a horseback, yeah. <laughs> bare-chested, and, you know, I mean, I think people it's probably being assassinated. Some, yeah, for, somewhere in the middle, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, his rival just got assassinated on they captured it on camera. I don't know if anyone yeah, saw that. That no. was really creepy. It, they had a uh, camera over a bridge. It happened like on a bridge, and so you, like you see a truck pull up, and there's a guy with his wife, the other political mm-hmm. dissident, walking with his wife. All of a sudden, the truck is blocking their view, and then there's only one person left, and the other person's just gone. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All so, you can see is like shadows, but I mean. Is Putin, that Russia? I don't know. Putin, much- Putin totally plays like the Cold War era stereotypes up. For, I yeah. mean, it's, it's kind of like George Bush pretending to be a cowboy. It's Putin pretending right. to be like macho Russian man. I remember watching some French film where um, at one point they did their impression of the U.S. And it was like, bonjour, no. Or bonjour, je suis American. And it's like this cartoon right, right, of, of right. Bush. And, you know... I'm sure people would be like, that is nothing like what George W. is. But then, <laughs> when you There's go... There's a little bit. There's some, some truth there. Like, yeah. an interview with him, you go, Ooh. Yeah. And even better, you watch Will Ferrell just being George Bush <laughs> in anything, and it's even better. So there is some, some truth in those in those stereotypes. I wonder if we have unreliable. any Russian listeners. I would love to hear your thoughts yeah. on... I'd be these, really any curious. Of these portrayals, or just of Russian society versus what's portrayed on, in this any, show. Any, yeah. on this show versus... Other movies, like you're talking about yeah. 80s movies. How, I read how, a, oh, okay. I read a Russian talking about the Americans just commenting on the Russian language scenes and saying that the, tra- the, the translations are actually pretty good yeah. because all the scenes are written in English and they have to be translated mm-hmm. to Russian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently they do a good job with it. 
yeah, you know that that would be interesting to see, and just kind of like what what their what their viewpoint if they were alive during the Cold War and they yeah. were you know able to understand what was going on, what was their viewpoint of it from that side? You yeah. know, if they how how they interpreted it or how they saw it or if they lived in Russia at the time and now they live in America, it's just really interesting to see like what what different cultures uh, how different cultures view you know big moments in history, right? And what what their history really is of that because our history is so different from. They Russian say history, history is written by the victors. Yeah. You know? They sure do. That's and what they say, so yeah. that's, you know, sort of... In a weird way, you know, history is written by, at least through the media, by Americans. Because yeah. we've had such a dominant strong stranglehold on ever since the beginning of television and film. You know? Right. To the point where other countries have had to mandate internal quotas on in in-house productions you know right. of 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 you know french made or canadian made mm-hmm. productions because it is a, it plays a crucial role in how you're portrayed oh yeah yeah history of your culture and all that the way they absorb that yeah um so would you would you have do you have one more no no i'm good on okay. i'm good on all cool let's move on to venter venter who got set on fire? Pretty gruesome. So the tire. Uh, what was the point of the tire? Does it make it? Because I, I would have thought it makes it burn faster, faster and yeah. hotter, hotter. But oh. what, doesn't that make you die less painfully? Because it's faster and hotter, right? Hmm. Is there a less painful way to die? I think by setting. Maybe it's just yes, in in that movie, Last of the Mohicans, when he shoots him right. as he's being burned alive. That's the best way to die on fire when somebody shoots you. Well, yeah, <laughs> I thought maybe it was to make sure he stayed retra- restrained. Maybe because the ropes were going to burn. I don't know, yeah, but it would kind of be unnecessary once he was already on fire. It, I guess. It, I guess it is to kind of insulate the heat. Yeah, and to maybe maybe to slow it down. Maybe That's what I was wondering. Slows it down because it, it insulates the heat in that area. I was also thinking it'd be incredibly uncomfortable and claustrophobic to have yeah. yourself wrapped in a heavy rubber item while yeah. you're burning alive to not be able to move and you're just forced. It's you know not enjoyable. I no. will say there was a moment when I was watching that and I was like, "Dang, Adrian, you have some darkness." Because I went, "Well, he's a racist," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Adrian." <laughs> No, but it's well, funny. He's not, he's not just a racist. He's perpetuating apartheid. Yeah. You know? it's, a, it's a whole different so level. It's, no, yeah. it's not just that he's a racist, but it's like he is vehemently adamant about the murder of blacks <laughs> yes. in South Africa. It's a different thing. So, I mean, it's it's in addition to that, he and is how, a And how interesting racist. that they contrasted that scene. They cut between that and, uh, you know, Adderholt being interviewed back yeah. at FBI yeah. and being kind of asked... Uh, do you feel like you have any resentment because you're new? Yeah. And I felt like there were definitely some, <laughs> some implications there. It's well, a- there was, race was definitely a through line in this, yeah. in this episode. And I, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking to myself, that whole thing about laws, too. It's, it, it's weird that it sort of parallels in some ways, you know, a lot of the things that are going on in the U.S. now. It's sort of this, mm. you know, like we talk about what's legal and what's not. Well, if a system is set up against, you know, a certain group, mm-hmm. then what do you do? You know, and in, in the uh, South African example... He uh, Nicobo actually turned the tables when he killed him. I thought it was very interesting that he actually sentenced him to death. Mm-hmm. He took the yeah. power of the legal system and yeah. said, "No, this is the, our legal system. This That's is really our point. justice." Because it is, you know, written by wh- whoever it's written by. It is, you know, written in their favor. And if it's not written in your favor, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, well, what is what is the purpose of following a law that is? <sighs> It's, you know. it's an interesting time, um, in, in case listeners don't know, and I hope people are like, oh, God, what? I'm black. Yeah, so there's podcast <laughs> listeners. And so it, it's a very interesting time, um, f- at least for my own personal adulthood of being a, a black woman, uh, in terms of you've, you can feel it. Like, you can feel like there's this energy happening where there's a lot of anger but then there's a lot of people who are just like taking the anger and surfing on it and be like we're going to change stuff and in a much more productive way than our parents um not to say that our parents weren't productive because they were hella productive hella uh, hella productive (laughs) um but it's more of like this okay so yeah there's this anger and there's there's uh, frustration, but we're not. You don't want to go into it. You want to like surface out of it, and then also you see that 
everyone is kind of reacting to it. And what's interesting is that one of the lead writers on The Americans is Tracy Scott Wilson, who is a well-known black playwright. So you can kind of see, like, there's, like, little seedlings of, of race coming into the dialogue of The Americans because it's reflecting what's going on with society. Like, yeah. even with um, Jay Smooth... Uh, yesterday with oh, I CNN, saw that. I saw that. That was it's weird. not just like an like a an, like an us versus them type of thing. It's everyone kind of having to address their own dealings with racism, or you know, within the community and out of the community. Like to turn to a, a black man and say, "Well, you're adopting black." Right. type of personality. Not realizing that he's a black and man. he's a black yeah. man. So. Well, we're, this is a very interesting moment right now. There's, de- I think this is definitely a very a socially progressive wave that is kind of happening in the country, partly fueled by social media and the rise of the internet and the fact that so many people who maybe didn't have a voice now have a much stronger voice than they did. Well, it's, it's because every video can be a Rodney King video now. Right. Like, there is right. no... It's not spectacular when something happens on video anymore. It's like, no, if you do this... <laughs> It will go on video, right? And, and people, everyone and people, will know what people you did. will know, and they yeah. will call you out. But it's in comparison to, I, I think, 1983 was a very not progressive moment. Yeah. It's the Reagan administration. It's the a it's very different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting what you guys say about like if you do something, it'll be on video. It's like you there was all this all these complaints. I think was about two weeks ago with the Ohio State stuff, right? And and all this there was the, the mm-hmm. I think it's, it's like Ohio State is that or Oklahoma? Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yeah. and uh, and it's just funny that like there's you know there's protests and people getting up and down about it. It's like guys. If you're racist and you do something racist, especially around any kind of prominent sports or athlete, or like athletic or academic program, it's gonna be on video. The whole country is gonna know about it. It's completely unacceptable. There's no chance you're gonna get any sympathy or get away with it. It is crazy. Yeah, my main reaction to that video was, "How dumb are you?" Exactly. It's like, right? In my, it's like I, it almost feels like we're in a time now where it's just on. I mean, it's always been unacceptable, but but, but socially, there's no corner to hide in. There is there. You you just can't. You right. can't expect, I, I, and I think that sort of. Uh, I think the Donald Sterling thing was interesting. How yeah. people came down on different sides, you know, legally, like, oh well, his privacy was invaded. What you say in your own home, and I think it does reflect a point about our generation of this idea of, you know, saying things behind closed doors, mm-hmm. and maybe not being able to say things behind closed doors, maybe in some way eradicates those like thoughts in those you know what I mean maybe you're like oh well maybe I shouldn't even be having these thoughts and feeling this way you know and, and yeah. it, it, I think there's something interesting about well, it well I think that's a really difficult thing to ask of people yeah. um, I can't sit here and say that I don't say horribly offensive things on occasion like yeah. I mean a, about other races about men about my own race about women it, it's not something that it's I think I don't do it out of the intention of hurting anyone, no. but it is kind of, um, there is a certain level of, well, I understand that what people are, are, are doing is wrong. Like the, that, that is racist and that is wrong, but it's also kind of, it, you, you are, we're starting to ask maybe a little too much of people in terms of constantly living in a state of political correctness. It's not fair to ask that of everyone. And I'm not saying that I agree with like the guys in Oklahoma or with Ronald, Ron Sterling or even with Paula Deen. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of knowing about the history of things. Like I was talking about Paula Deen earlier. I was like, am I really that surprised that an old white lady from Georgia used the N-word? Right, of no. course not. I'm from Texas and Georgia. I'm not surprised at all. I've seen much more horrific things just walking down the street. There's some, there is sometimes a lot of false outcry over nothing, but the, but there's also sometimes, you know, outcry no, over legit, and, legitimate and things. It is entirely valid. It, it's we probably just, would, there wouldn't have been the whole outcry over the whole Bill Cosby thing that snowballed the way it did without, yeah. you know, the, the, you know, starting with that Hannibal Hannibal, Dress routine yeah, and the exactly. way it just gathered steam and gathered steam. It's, it's going to be, it's a difficult thing to go into, to have change. And there are things that are being asked of like the human race. That is is trying to eradicate things that go back generations upon generations upon just the beginning of humanity in terms of how we document things and how we categorize things. So, uh, I, I I think sometimes it's like pick your battles. Like yeah. not everyone is newsworthy. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And bringing it back to to the Americans, yeah. what I think is interesting about you know the time period that they're in. 
and and talking about those systemic sort of inequalities, you know, when she's trying to explain to Paige about those laws, you know, and it is very it is a very different time. Like that was when all of those really harsh drug laws mm-hmm. were enacted. You know, they're like you're arrested for being a drug dealer and all that stuff. Like there was a total. It was just a completely different time in yeah. terms of the legal system, and it was you know Rockefeller laws and all those sorts of things that. You know, set off on a on a totally different chart for our country, racially and, speaking. Too, and even with, after the civil rights movement, even with Gregory Thomas, it is kind of that situation of like, well, he probably yeah, he probably was a drug dealer. That is correct. But how many times did you know he get raided, and maybe he didn't really have that drug, or he didn't have that much, or so right. it's kind of like, well, there's still that racial tension of because you are black in 1980s America we're going to come down a little bit harder on you and we might even make sure that we can come down harder on you by planting evidence right, to do right, so. Right. Which I think was just an Which interesting parallel with Nicobo saying I'm claiming this law is yeah. mine and right. my law says you're, you're going to be lit on fire right now. What did we think about uh, them letting the uh, what's Todd? Todd. Watch? Letting Todd. Oh god, I'm so worried that's going to backfire badly. Oh, letting Todd go or letting Todd watch? <laughs> letting Todd go. Oh. Yeah, it's totally yeah. going to backfire. I was shocked that Liz of all people. There's a rare moment yeah. of sympathy. You guys notice she has this way of talking. I, I was thinking about this, like, there's this reluctance she has when she's in a situation where she's talking to, like, a hostage or, like, anybody where she's sort of in disguise. And it's like, it's like they ask her a question and she, like, she furrows her brow. She kind of hesitates for a second. And then she answers in this really serious way. And then she goes back to their interrogation. And it's like, it's this weird, almost like, I feel like she has to prepare herself to be in that state of that state of like disguise or like that you know that false sort of reality she lives in mm-hmm. almost she yeah. almost has to center her thoughts every time because it's not like that when she talks to philip it's right. only when she's in disguise it might be a tick it might be her one of her just ticks yeah i think i thought it was interesting mm-hmm. like, or maybe you know you're talking about like when she's interacting with todd yeah like, i mean it may be also a tactic mm-hmm. to ease him you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't it, know. Like but, a communication, like yeah, a total, you know, good, there's a There's a good cop, bad right, cop like thing going on. Like not, and, not even a yeah. verbal thing. Because it is like, you know, I, I knew he was going to crack with her. For, you know, like mm. he knew he was going to crack. And it's yeah. like, why? Well, after seeing Venter set on yeah, fire. Well, yes. And then her being, you know, after seeing that, I feel like he would kind of go, oh, are you going to do that to me? Yeah. And so for her to come in and be like, no, obviously we're not going to do that to you. Yeah. We just put a bullet in your head. Yeah. It's kind of like, we're being nice, but, but not we can not still. Nice. It's like this motherly so. disapproval she has. Yeah. She does it with Hans too. It's where it's it's like she's not being entirely honest. She's judging you, and she yeah. wants you to know it. I think I just really interesting. I started to notice tonight, but anyway, I wonder I, if she's being extra sympathetic because she's got Philip's son on her mind. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like there is another level to maybe. all of a sudden her being the one to go. You know, let's give him a pass right now. Yeah, it is definitely going to backfire, though. I mean, right. I, I'm. I feel like he did see Hans, and I feel like that's how he's going to get back at them. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't think Todd is as innocent as they make like well, I think Nicobo's line was there for a reason, too, when he said, you don't know these people. Like, yeah. they don't know that struggle the same way they know their struggle. Yeah. You know, the U.S. American struggle. It's, this exactly. isn't their struggle. So they don't know the psychology as well as he does. And of, they should know as easily as they lie that he can lie just as well to, to break down into tears and to cry and, you know, Baby and to tell, to tell partial yep. truths, to, to, to gain your freedom. You know, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I have a bomb. And, yeah. last, last episode, Elizabeth just shot a woman in the head who was like barely, she had not talked to for even yeah. a second who was it's working at the South Africans. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit inconsistent. Unless yeah. they're going <laughs> to explain it next week. And, 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 and I, I think what you said is that she has she has the Philip's son and it's like a younger, mm. it's a younger male. I don't know, maybe. But, so right. shall we go ahead into Paige and Gabriel then, just going off with the yeah, whole Yeah, let's talk about son. that. Paige, the best character in the show. <laughs> but here's, here's my reason that I I'm on your team. I'm on your team with I this, think so. I think so too. This is the reason uh, I like Paige so much. I started to notice this. It, it was this season. It was they started dressing her like a little older and making her. It was like as they were developing her into like a little bit more of a, a cognizant character. And I feel like any time that she's on screen now, mm-hmm. you're basically like you. You are the ultimate loose end. Like you, in some way, like you're uncontrollable. This story can take a, a radical turn with anything you decide to do because it feels like you could get Snoopy and you could probably figure something out that they don't want you to find out. If they did tell you, who knows how you'd react? You, I just, 
I agree with you. I think you're making very valid points. She's not points as snoopy about, as she used to be, though. About the danger mm-hmm. of her of her essence right now. She's like the ultimate decision tree. Like, as, yeah. <laughs> at any point in time, this show could take a radical turn based on any decision she makes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you could say that about any character, but I just like how how unpredictable her scenes are. She definitely, she yeah, you don't, you know, she definitely seems unpredictable here. But I also wonder how much of it is Elizabeth's m- manipulation. You know, she told her about Gregory. She did that for a reason. Yeah. I wonder if she knew Paige was going to go exploring and looking at details. She knew Paige is inquisitive. I didn't know she would end up on a little microfiche slide. No, me neither. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah, I have not. That was very tedious but before I can, the internet. Yeah. But I can very see, tedious. I can see, like, maybe if, you, maybe if you want Paige to know the truth, maybe the best way to have her find the truth is to have her kind of discover it on her own, or yeah. at least a piece of it. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good, good way point. to gain her trust as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You're planting little seeds. Like she gave her like a little breadcrumb, and then you find exactly. the rest of the trail. Slowly Paige. walking into it. Yeah. Today, today, Paige learned that uh, you know, her par- Gregory, and by extension, her parents who worked with Gregory probably legitimately did you know criminal things and yeah. things that she just doesn't want to know about. Yeah. Do we? <laughs> what about? Uh, so, so we have the Paige stuff, but there was no discussion this episode whatsoever between. Elizabeth and Philip about like her being an agent and all that no, stuff. No, I think they kind of let that let go for for next this episode. Yeah, they were a little they were a little distracted with other things. Did yeah. you guys find it interesting that that so you mentioned this already that Elizabeth went to bat. She talks to Gabriel about find Philip's son. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that she went to bat on that issue, but not on her daughter not being a spy. Right. Well, it's she's, about her mindset, about right. how she still she still thinks that that's the right thing to do, you know. And also not about the Kimmy thing, which she's clearly you know conflicted about. Because you thought that's what she was going to ask <laughs> yeah. about. Right? I have to say, also, if we're talking about slightly character inconsistent, she knows Gabriel well. I mean, she should know that here's the chess game. He can't give up, you know, the son out there. That's a chip. Well, I think you know the what I mean. Son that's the chip. Dead. The yeah, look but, I'm on saying, his uh, but, but that's the chip, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for her to right. even ask that doesn't really knowing her, it doesn't make sense. She would already know that he's the chip. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I could see that. I think also though, you know, we're starting to notice that Elizabeth's thinking a little bit more with her heart. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so that's kind of playing on that as well. That she didn't ask about things that would really benefit her. She asked about things that would benefit Philip. But with that said, the reaction that Gabriel had to it um, when he said that there's, you know. He'll see what he can do, or something, or there's, you know. I got the sense that the son was already dead. I was just like, oh, mm. and yeah. never, it never even occurred to me that they would just use this, knowing that the son died. Like, what if there, ago. what if there was never a son? What if, what if, yeah, like, what if it was yeah. like a whole setup? What the if it's been time? like a setup from the very beginning? That's that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be too surprising. <laughs> no. yeah. I love, I just love that we get Frank Langella, even if it's for a mm-hmm. minute. In an episode, it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty it's so cool, cool actor. He's just, yeah. uh, it's just so cool. it just instantly makes you know the the role of their handler so formidable. Just because yeah. every scene he's in is just he has so much gravitas. He does. Yeah. I wonder if Frank Langella, because I know a lot of like the main characters that are in every episode are all in New York. I wonder if Langella's in New York or he's in L.A. Because if he's in L.A., we should reach out to him. He'd be a really interesting guy to try to get on the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. are you Why are you talking about him like he's not listening to the show right now? I assume yeah. he hey, listens Frank. every week. Frankie yeah. baby, hey, 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 Frankie baby. Yeah. Be amazing, call, call amazing to talk to him. Yeah, no, that would be cool. Yeah, he'd, he'd be great. Uh, be a great guest. <clears throat> Tweet at us, Frank. Yeah, I hope you have a Twitter. I'm gonna look. Please up. don't have a Twitter, Frank. <laughs> Please don't. Just the idea of Frank Langella. I kind of wanted to imagine like he's never used the internet. You know, I, I he agree. writes everything longhand. I agree. He has never. I, I, I like to sure think he's never used the internet. He uses the internet. I want like Frank Langella to do like a mean tweet, like Jimmy Kimmel thing. Oh, like, he's like, gonna read. do this. He's gonna be like, these guys were saying. I he's don't got know such how a majestic it. voice, you know. Like, I'm sure he knows how to use the internet. If you don't know how to use the internet. Or have someone in your life who knows how to use it. Then you're a racist. And I, what? What? <laughs> what? I don't know. Yes, that's, ex- no, never. I did not say that. Ben Bateman said yeah, that. Okay. Uh, ill time joke. Okay. On that note, shall we move on to Martha and Taffet? Oh, and Taffet. You me- oh you and mentioned uh, you mentioned Jefferson Mays's Walter Taffet who you recognized last yeah. episode and I don't know who he was but now I know who he is that this guy is a very kudos intense. Adrian on that yeah Phenomenal. great great action great I saw him at perform yeah. a, a play randomly at the Lincoln Center that my friend was in and was like. Well, this guy is amazing. Yeah. Um, really and then I was good. like, "Oh, and he's kind of a big deal." Uh, this is my, years ago, my favorite my favorite moment of his this episode was he was uh, t- talking to uh, Martha about, "Do you maintain his pen collection? Maintain. Keep them yeah. working full of ink." 
Yeah. He just pronounced that ink so yeah. hard. Uh. He's got a good character. Yeah, he like I, I love uh, I love the, the way he was just sort of like messing with Adderholt when he's like, "Get you coffee," and he's like holding the mug, and he's like telling Gaze, "This is good. This is good coffee." He's you doing know? a lot of mind games, and he's yeah. his intention behind everything is just so like it's clear that what he's saying is hiding the real meaning, right? Like, oh, and yeah. but you know, like even with the whole being new, just that you know, right. Was, just hey, the just the title you. just the title the office of professional responsibility mm-hmm. literally it sounds like something out of like 1984 it sounds yeah. like something yeah. that would have been in soviet russia like it's such a euphemism for something something sinister i love that it's not just <laughs> ia like in cop in cop movies right, yeah. it's always just we're right. getting investigated by ia but like I, I also love that uh the way he asks questions and mm-hmm. then responds to the answers given to him are like when he asks uh, gaff gaff gad gad yeah. and he's like uh what's he say he's like so you're so you're not ruling out the possibility that my professional negligence led to an, an leak to the KGB, and he's like, "I'm not prepared to admit that yet." Yeah, like, yeah. it's just great that like that's the kind of response. Yeah, he's just like, Have a good "I'm not time. saying you are negligent because yeah. guilty people act guilty," and he knows that. So if you give somebody reason to doubt or suspect, right, that's, that's right. I'm sure that's, that's behind it. And then Gad just kicking the shit out of that male robot, like <laughs> oh, he tapping it in his head. He, he made him tell. lose it. He yeah, made him lose it. <laughs> I love I mean, the male that, robot. That's, that's his job is to, yeah. to get under people's skin because when you get under people skin that's when they he, he made Martha slip for a second there yeah you know she was she held like, it really strong oh yeah, no, yeah. But I mean for a minute she's standing by the files yeah you yeah. know and just like she's obviously thinking about yeah. the interrogation that just yeah. happened right let's uh let's tap because I think we're, we're gonna run out of time if we don't get to it I really want to talk about Martha yeah it's... no yeah we're on the last topic yeah, actually yeah. so um Martha. It was so sad. I wrote I wrote dead for a second on my pad. Dead? Question mark. Yeah. I thought I was like Maybe. for a minute there. I guess, like I thought Clark I was just gonna kill her. I thought right there. It might just happen just a like, so, shock and all. Clark, when he introduced himself to Martha, he said he was a part of the CIA. Is that correct? I think so. I thought he see. I think I thought he said he worked for like intelligence for some other country. They I don't think it wasn't but, Russia. But. Okay, they open their yeah, relationship in the pilot, the knowing each other. So he he shows up in the pilot, and they he's yeah. already they're familiar with but each other. But they kind of reference. Uh, he references like what he does, and I guess like it might be crazy. But I thought he said like he's with Swedish intelligence or something like that. Something. I think like he that. said that he he is like the. He works with Swedish intelligence, but okay. he's an American working with him, or something be. like that. But I know at one point he did say something along the lines of, "I like when he gave her the pen is, you know, I just need to be sure that everything in the FBI, in the FBI is going accordingly." Yeah. And so it took me a second to, to click when when she asked him, "Do you know who Taffet is?" And he goes, "No, who's Taffet?" And she goes, "Well, he's you." It's you. And that's when I was kind of like, "Oh wait." What did he tell Martha to get her to do right. that? And so it is kind of. I guess he was and, supposed and to. And wouldn't. That. And don't you think Philip would know Taffet or would know who Walter Taffet is if this is what he does? Yeah. That was kind of a big giveaway right there. Yeah, yeah. It was a really <laughs> sad scene. I mean, mm. just uh, obviously friend of the podcast, uh, Allison Wright. I was like just blown away. I just was killed it in that scene. That oh, was man. so heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah, really. Just um, like she's the last few episodes. I really loved her performances. I think she's done such a great job and. Uh, it was just so when he the way he she wants him to answer it in a way that absolves her her curiosity so much. Well, I mean, it's that question was her life or death hanging in the balance mm-hmm. too. I yeah, mean, really. You yeah, know? Who, I mean, really, it was. That's how close. Of course, yeah. she's, of course she's terrified. She, she really does know nothing about yeah. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, and when Clark didn't give her anything else besides I love you and you need to trust me, and she just, and she just broke like and said okay. okay. That was When a woman hears that, she's like, oh, yeah. And if you notice, she slept on her back, <laughs> facing away from him, yep. yeah. which is a bad move for her. If she's trying not to get killed, but I don't, I don't think she she's thinks she's in danger. <laughs> she right. probably doesn't think he's capable. She doesn't of that. think no. he's capable of that. I know. But it's, it, it, I, I feel like in that moment, it, it must be overwhelming and heartbreaking to realize that this man you've let into your life for the past what two years is not all who you thought he was. Mm-hmm. That you've been incredibly naive and you didn't really know that much about him to begin with, mm-hmm. and that you just trusted him blindly because of the very thing he used to reel her back in. You should just know that I'm your husband and I love you and everything I've done is to protect you. So, that should never be enough. No, it was so tough. <laughs> Which is why you say it's so sad. It is. Yeah. 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 No, she's, been, she's been pushing back on him so much this season. but And so to see, it, see her actually break in that moment and just accept it and be like, okay, sure, and just start crying, was that, really? was, the, that was the hardest part. Did you guys, because yeah. I really felt like as I was watching that scene, I think that Philip has some real love for Martha. 
I think he's got some real deep-seated affection. I felt like he was straight lying. You just thought he was full of it? Mm -hmm. Uh. I think that at this point in their lives, you know, like this whole morphing of, you know, when you're in the moment, is it real? Mm -hmm. Like, it becomes real. I I don't know if it really matters if, you know, if the Philip at home, like Clark loves her, I think. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I think Clark Clark loves her. Clark cares for her. It's like, it's it's kind of an old yeller situation. Like, it's the dog that you love, and at some point the dog goes rabid. It's kind (laughs) of like, okay, because I watched... In the backyard? Yeah. Because I I watched The Flash, because I'm like old school DC fan, and I watched the original Flash with John Wesley Shipp back in the 90s. Okay. Uh, Which was only on for like five episodes. But... um, Like all 90s things that had the superheroes, (laughs) they were all failures? Keep going. No, they weren't. (laughs) <laughs> we'll much. talk about this after the podcast. Um, DC no. versus Marvel next, next week. Anyways, no, but there is a moment in the recent episode, and if you are a Flash fan, if you haven't watched a recent episode, you should probably like turn away right now. But there's a moment where a character um, kills somebody that they love, and and as they're doing it, they they tell them, you know, I have grown to love you, and I and I do care about you, but you're getting in the way of my plan. And I can't have you get in the way of that. And and they just kill him in cold blood. Uh, so I feel that that's more where Philip's coming from. Where maybe he does have this kind of affection for Martha, and she maybe he is saying the whole, the truth. Where she really is like the nicest and most honest woman he's ever met. That's not going to stop him from doing his job. I don't think he's ever gotten close enough to Martha to actually feel that he would save her. Uh, I. Can we? I have a prediction. Can we talk about predictions? Wait, we're almost, we're almost there. We're almost, we're almost there. there. Let's. I know, but I think, yeah. I, I think it's just it's interesting, you know, because it's like Elizabeth gave this kid a pass, you know, today mm-hmm. who meant nothing to her. You know, I don't know if I don't know if it necessarily like is a thing where you you know you let somebody live that fouls up your plans because you're in love with them, or maybe it's because you pity them, like the old yeller thing. I don't know what it, mm. it will be. I don't know how it will play out. You know, yeah. you can make your prediction Wait, afterward. Oh, yeller get shot? Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. But yeah. I'm saying, but because, of, <laughs> like, because you know, it's like, but is it pity or is it you know the the love that, that gets in the way of you know whatever doing the you know what your mm, mission sure. is? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you know I don't know that it matters. I think you know. I do think for these characters, like, they have to convince themselves that they truly, deeply feel what they're showing Mm. on some level. Like, I think they have to get that deep. Mm. You know, when I say I think Clark loves her, like, I think you have to get at least that deep for somebody to believe you love them. He's a complete psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. Complete psychopath. Just, like, not even hesitation. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. We saw in the flashbacks today, Bakhladov saying to Philip, you are a monster. And that is something that stuck with me ever since that happened. He's kind of a psychopath. Yeah. They both are. It's impossible not to be. They're monsters. That type of job will... There are there are people who, from birth, tend to show like psychopathic tendencies, and there are people who are created and become psychopaths. And that kind of job will turn you into a psychopath. Yeah, you sure. have no choice but to do it. Like, or you will go insane. You yeah. won't be able to do your job. So, Philip Elizabeth yeah. folded a body into a suitcase. Yeah. This, they, like, there's not even a question. <laughs> they cracked bones. Yeah. They watched a man yeah. get set on fire. Like that. But you day. gotta. But you gotta wonder what what is what is Philip's plan? Because he's obviously thought a lot about the possible ways this could unfold. If he's got like a whole apartment set up for Martha to visit, know, he's yeah. got to have something in mind. He's got for to be ready to kill scene. her at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Any moment. Maybe. Maybe she he's could got crack a little. At any moment. Kind of just like lazy with Martha. I think he probably has gotten a little lazy sloppy. and just dist- distracted with all the million other things happening in this show. Yeah. 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 On that note, shall we go ahead and wrap up? Go into predictions. Sure. Let's do okay. it. Anyone else? Okay. So, Matt. And now you're after Buzz TV <laughs> predictions. Uh, I think uh, that I think Paige is going to find out next week that something about them actually being spies like something really concrete mm. Paige is going to discover next something. week well, we next saw week. that little clip from two episodes ago in, in the I coming scenes I think, that, right. I, think, I think that that's going to happen and I think she's not going to immediately run for the hills mm. I think mm. she's gonna she's been already be, beca- she's already become think, kind of convinced yeah, I think you know? she may be on board with something okay, okay. Well, for three episodes now we've been hearing 
Stan's friend died in Chicago. Stan's going to Chicago. Stan's got a trip planned in Chicago. Something is happening to Stan in Chicago. And I don't want to make, like, the vaguest prediction ever, but, like, he's got to run into an old friend from his backstory back in Chicago. Maybe he's going to, like, get sucked back into the white power movement or something. I don't know, but... (laughs) But but something's going to happen. Something that might even keep him, like, out in Chicago for the rest of the season. This is episode eight. We have five left. Um... Either in episode 12 or 13, after an agonizing three to four episodes of buildup, where Philip is considering that he's going to have to kill Martha, and you keep having these ten- tense moments, um, he will probably walk in to kill her and she'll have killed herself, mm. or she'll kill herself with, uh, and with, but uh, she's going to kill herself with that gun. And mm. the reason I think so is because she referenced, the actress referenced the statistic that three out of four, so she's aware of that statistic. And the writers in this show, mm tend to use a lot of historical accuracy in their writing, and I think that's what's going to happen. I don't want you to be right, Ben, but that sure seems like a believable prediction to me. Yeah, it does. Oy vey, there's so much (laughs) that happened. I guess, um... I think I'll just go with with Todd. I think that that's going to come back and just blow up in their face, and I think it's going to happen. Literally a bomb going off somewhere. True. He might... Maybe a bomb, maybe not. Maybe it might just be something where he gets a hold of Hans and kind of manipulates him or abuses him. I think Todd is probably more sadistic than he than they think he is. He might have just been coming off as innocent to protect himself in that situation. I wouldn't so. be surprised. I did like what you said this episode about Elizabeth's sort of slipping because of her emotional side is taking over a mm. little. Yeah. Yeah, and that it's kind of it's it's weird, but whenever that happens to Philip or Elizabeth Mistakes. It, it's mistakes will happen. You can't really have a heart in that type of business. That sounds so cold, <laughs> no. but I'm, I'm also the girl who was like, hmm, well, he was racist. He was he racist. Was racist. <laughs> <laughs> Put that tire around him. Maybe I'm a psychopath. On that note, where can everyone find everyone? Can I also just say, I feel like we were we're so smart as a group. I feel like this was a really smart discussion. Oh, today. We got very really high level deep. stuff. Yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. We got deep today. And then watch every commenter's going to be like, no, you guys are idiots. There was a full on like, like social commentary on like racial norms and things in our culture yeah. that like was a 12 minute tangent in the middle of the Americans after show today. Oh, so, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like you guys got educated out there, Sorry. so you're welcome. It's just been really heavy, you guys. And now you know Adrian's black. <laughs> and I am black. Oh, by and the way, I'm I just black. want to say, in case you guys are confused, all white um, males, I'm white. They're all white guys. <laughs> I am the lead host. And Josh black looks woman. like he's an indeterminate descent. I've been, I've been, people, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm on a bus in LA and I don't open my mouth, people will start speaking Spanish to me. Yeah. Race in America. Yeah. Hashtag race together, That's y'all. Right. Okay, right. Starbucks. Anyways, yeah. where can everyone find us? You can find me at Matt comedy.com uh, You can go to at Radio TFB on Twitter or also go to joshrichman.net for other goodies and such. Uh, my name is Ben Bateman. You can find me on Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Adrian Snow. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you all next Wednesday. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.